Welcome to the Property CEO Podcast, your inside track to the world of property with your hosts, Ian Child and Richie Clapson. Hello and welcome to the Property CEO Podcast. My name is Richie Clapson and I'm here with Ian Child. Hello everyone. And today we're going to be talking about a subject that is quite often overlooked, which is uh, how to make yourself look like the best buyer in town and win deals ahead of other people. That's right. As you say, it's something that a lot of people overlook. So, uh, yeah, it will be good to give everyone a few pointers. Fantastic. And, uh, I, you know, have you had a good week so far? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Although, uh, to be honest, I have been, um, well, I've been a bit worried. Really? You know, what, what have you been worried about? Is there something you want to get off your chest? Perhaps I can help? Well, actually, it's, it's, um, it's not about me. It's about uh, a, you know, a close friend of mine. All right, OK. So uh, don't worry, your secret, I mean, uh, sorry, his secret, I'm assuming it's a, it's a male, is safe with me. So what's the problem? Uh, what's, the, what's this problem that your close friend has? Well, I think he may be getting, I don't know, it's a bit difficult to, uh, well, getting a bit too old uh, a bit too doddery to, to kind of keep working full time. Okay, well, I suppose it must uh, come to us all at some point. But obviously, a bit of a bit of a delicate situation. So, what makes uh, you know what makes you think that? Well, it's, I, I know it's little things, um, if I'm honest. Uh, but I, you know, you your add friend, it, you, you add it all together, and it you're just showing all the classic symptoms. So, you know, stumbling about at work, knocking things over, you know, that sort of thing. Okay. So I can see where you're going here. So you'll be referring to a certain incident, maybe. This is what you're doing, isn't it? That happened at one of our, one of our webinars earlier on uh, this, might, this week, was it? I might be. What, where I accidentally bumped into the webcam stand? Well, it, wasn't, it wasn't so much of a bump, was it? You basically staggered in uncontrollably and pretty much toe-punted oh, the thing across the room. Oh, oh, oh. I, I didn't know it was there. What, big camera on a five-foot pole? Is, is your eyesight going as well? <laughs> I, do, I don't know what you're worried about. You actually managed to catch it, so uh, it wasn't a problem. And, uh, you know, no harm done. So apart from, uh, what, knocking your coffee over? Okay, let's just set the scene, shall we? We're due to present a live webinar uh, at eight o'clock in the evening. So we spend half an hour setting up all the equipment, and then we test it to make sure everything works. Yes. Then we spend some more time perfectly positioning the webcam, webcam so that everyone can kind of see us. Yes. I, I've even made myself a nice cup of coffee so that I am absolutely perfectly set. And then 30 <laughs> seconds, 30 seconds before we go live, one of us inexplicably decides they, they simply must have an extra bottle of water because they couldn't possibly last an hour with the, the one half litre bottle they already had. <laughs> well, I get easily, you know, dehydrated, especially when I'm talking. I think you mean easily distracted. So they go blundering off the set, and when they come back, they do a Johnny Wilkinson on the webcam and send my coffee flying halfway across it, the room. It, no, it was simply an accident. So with 10 seconds until we go live... It was 30, I'm... you said. Now it's down to 10. 10 seconds until we go live. I'm mopping up coffee from the desk, and you're, you're trying to reset the webcam. Yeah, which I did, and we carried on with the webinar. So what's your problem, Mr. Stresshead? Well, yes, we went live, and, and as I started speaking, I couldn't help noticing that the webcam image, uh, well, it wasn't quite what I was expecting. Well, I was in a hurry, wasn't I? So uh, <laughs> instead of showing me sitting alongside my co-presenter, it's now showing me alongside a small refrigerator. So when I finish my bit, kind of doing the, the bit that I do, and then you start speaking, 
it looks like I'm working with a talking fridge. Oh, yeah, total exaggeration. Actually, I'm, I'm thinking of doing the next live webinar just with the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> At least there's a fighting chance he won't go berserk and start destroying the set 10 seconds before Whatever. we go live. And then to add insult to injury, I've got to watch while Laughing Boy here guzzles down two bottles of water whilst I sit there totally parched for some reason I didn't have a cup of coffee. You should have got yourself a bottle of water. Anyway, the, sh- the show went on and I thought it went really well. So it just goes to show, doesn't it, that there's a you know, little whiff of unpredictability can actually uh, g- gives you that edge. So um, should we crack on with things and mm. see how we get on here? Okay. Okay, so we're going to be discussing how you can make yourself look good as a buyer. So uh, first things first, why is this so important, Ian? Okay, well, it's it's probably a fairly obvious point, but when you're buying any property, whilst price is usually the most important consideration, uh, whether you're, you're dealing with an agent or negotiating with the vendor directly, then their perception of you as a buyer is is pretty critical. Ultimately, if they don't think you're you're serious or likely to be able to complete on the deal, then pretty much the size of your offer can be pretty irrelevant. The other factor to consider is that, you know, estate agents do have those little black books that you've probably heard about. Yeah, I mean, these are, these are the list of buyers that they're cool with great deals before they reach the rest of the market. Exactly. So ideally, you know, you want to be on that list. But if the agent doesn't rate you as a buyer, then you simply won't get the call. And also remember that the property buying process isn't always quick. So, you know, a lot of deals fall out of bed after they've been put under offer. And that's why the agent's job is is not just a case of finding the highest price. It's about finding the person with the highest price who also has the best chance of completing on the deal. Okay, so where shall we start? How, How can we go about making ourselves look like a really good buyer? Well, there are two things that you need to know from the outset. Uh, the, f- the first impressions count is the first one, and being prepared is is the second one. And these hold true whether you're uh, you know, buying an investment um, or property or, or buying a development property, or whether whether you're simply buying a house to live in. Yep. So uh, one of the problems that a lot of new property investors or buyers have is that they don't plan things. Of course, they all know that they've got to get organised once they've found a property they want to buy. But until then, they, they might think nothing of wandering into an estate agent just to, to see what's available and to, to kind of register their details. Now, the problem is that whilst you may know that you're capable of getting very organised once you've found a property, property that you want to buy, uh, the agent doesn't know. So she or he just judges you on that first impression when you've just kind of wandered in. Um, so you need to get your ducks in a row before you walk in. So what, what can people do to, to, to get, you know, get themselves in, in, in this position? So the first thing you should do uh, is ring to make an appointment. So you know, not only will it mark you out as a more serious buyer kind of right off the bat, it will also make it less likely that you'll end up dealing with the office junior. You can also ask uh, who it is you're going to be meeting with when you go in and what their role is you know, when you make that appointment. So ideally, you want a, a sales negotiator or a senior negotiator, and you want to be prepared to give a high-level overview of what sort of thing you're looking for when you have the call, as, of course, you, you, you might get asked. Second thing you should do is make sure you're very prescriptive about what you're looking for. You know, people who are looking to buy their own home are usually very clear on things like, you know, the budget, the area, number of bedrooms... What else is there? Uh, you know, size of garden, yeah. that sort of thing. 
Unfortunately, when it comes to investors and developers, the mindset can very often be, well, you know, I'll, I'll look at anything providing I can make 20% on it. That's crazy, isn't it? So whilst you might be thinking that you, you don't want to rule anything out, the agent is going to be thinking, I could spend all day showing this person every property we have because they don't really have a clue what they're looking for. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great way of looking at it if you put yourself in the agent's shoes and imagine, you know, how you would react if you were them coming in with this sort of rather open-ended request. Oh, exactly. So, you know, make sure you've done your homework. Make sure you know what it is that you're looking for in terms of area and property or, or, or project type and, and, of course, budget. And also, I mean, it might seem like a little thing, but give some thoughts to what you're going to be wearing to the meeting. So there's no, no hard and fast rule, but the agent is going to be wearing business clothes, probably. So you probably don't want to go in wearing, I don't know, flip-flops and a baseball cap. Uh, I've done that before and I've actually got turned away. No, really? Yeah, I suspect I should have worn some trousers and a top maybe as well. <laughs> Old ones are the best. Okay, so um, we, we've made some uh, appointments. We've got a clear idea of what we're looking for. What else do we need? Okay, so the next step is to think about your CV. You know, at the end of the day, it's not an interview, but if you approach it like you would an interview, then you shouldn't go too far wrong. So, but what sort of, you know, what sort of uh, CV would they be looking for as an agent out of you? Well, if you're an investor or a developer, they'll want to know whether you've done any developing or investing before. You know, basically how much experience uh, have you got? Yeah. Because if you're experienced, then, you know, putting it simply, that makes you more likely to be a good buyer in their eyes. Now, ideally, you should be, you should be able to bring along uh, a portfolio of projects you've, you've worked on or to be able to have these on a website so the agent can see very clearly what you've been doing. Now, if you don't have any previous experience, that's not a problem. Okay. But you do need to be upfront about the fact. I think yeah, one of the things that uh, we've seen time and time again uh, from a whole raft of different property professionals, never try and, and blag it because you'll almost certainly get caught out later down the line and that's going to do more harm than good. Okay, so, so no blagging, but are there things that you can do to make yourself look better if you don't have any experience? Yeah, there are two key things. The first is to dazzle them with your preparation and seriousness. You know, this should... Um, it would certainly come automatically if you do all the things that we're going to cover today. Uh, the second is to leverage the expertise of people who do have uh, the experience. Now, if you're a, a developer, you'll have your professional team. And being able to name drop uh, who you'll be working with will certainly add to your credibility. Now, obviously, that's something that we go into in detail on our, our Property CEO training courses. But uh, And obviously, we, we tell you how to put... Uh, your property CV together, even if you don't, you think you don't have one. Um, but if you're an investor, then being able to reference uh, your solicitor uh, and your financing arrangements, you know, that, that will also show that you're serious. Okay. You mentioned being prepared earlier. Is there anything that we should have in place before before we meet our first agent? Yeah, a couple of things you should uh, think about doing. The first is getting your proof of funds sorted out. So this is where. When you get to the point of making an offer, an agent is obliged to ensure that a buyer kind of has the funding in place to be able to buy the property. So, so normally, yeah, that gets made slightly later. Uh, but if you arrive with your, you know, you're being introduced to the agent and you've already got your proof of funds already sorted, 
then you know this is going to mark you out as somebody that's prepared and somebody you know that's serious. Okay, so you know what form should this proof of funds be in? Well, the uh, the agent will probably be quite prescriptive on it. What what's uh, uh, suitable for them? Um, but generally, if it's if it's cash, then a copy of the bank statement showing the amount is useful. Or if it's a mortgage or another loan, then a written offer letter showing that you're able to borrow, you know, that amount of money would be good. Yep. Uh, second thing is to do with your solicitor. So make sure you've got one appointed and that you've completed all the necessary uh, preliminary paperwork that you need to complete when you register with a solicitor. So this kind of reduces the time uh, it takes once you've found the property. And, of course, it shows that you're serious. You, you've got these people in place already. Uh, and because most people don't do either of those things, you'll come across uh, more professional than most. Well, well, I guess now we're all prepared for that first meeting. What else should we be thinking about? Okay, so a few golden rules in terms of how to do things kind of going forward from that point. So firstly, make sure that you keep in touch with each agent. You know, Don't expect an agent to simply think of you first every time an opportunity comes up. You know, it requires persistence and legwork to get into that that black book. Yeah. However, you know, on the other end of the scale, you don't want to annoy them either. I mean, a quick call uh, or an email every every few weeks should be ample. Um, and feel free to offer to take them for a cup of coffee if you happen to be in town. You know, they might not take you up on it, but it's it's these touch points that gradually build a relationship. I mean, do you remember we heard from our friendly estate agent, Andrew Fennell, from Taylor Hill & Bond in uh, episode three, I think it was, of yeah. our podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and he says, you know, donuts are no longer the way <laughs> to an estate agent's heart. Well, in my experience, that depends on the agent. But, yeah, it's not essential for you to rock up with a box of, you know, Krispy Kremes each time you want to kind of swing by the office. It is if you want to come and see me, though. <laughs> <laughs> OK, what about viewings? Any golden rules there? Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, firstly, and we've, we've talked about this before, don't do spurious viewings. Don't think that going on a viewing with an agent is a great way to build a relationship, even though you've actually got no interest in buying the property that you're viewing. Mm. Really is just a waste of everyone's time. Uh, and it, it looks to them as if you've not done your homework on the property. Uh, and it's going to reflect badly on you. Uh, secondly, always show up. So never don't show up. And, and, and when you show up, show up on time. And if for whatever reason you can't show up, always let the agent know um, you know how often are you likely to get any future phone calls from an agent who spent 20 minutes waiting for you not to arrive at a viewing yeah that's a fair point uh, I think the, the final thing is you know don't be a tire kicker you, know, you need to have done your research on the property and come armed with a checklist of all the questions you need to ask and information you need. Obviously, if you're a property CEO student, we give you all of that stuff. But if if not, you just need to make sure that you create your own comprehensive checklist. If it's, a, say, a development project, should you be sharing your ideas with the agent for what you plan to do so that, you know, you appear knowledgeable and creative? What do you think? No, I would say definitely not. I'd keep it really vague. Um, you know, say that you're looking at several options and then ask them for their own thoughts on okay. how the project could be configured. You know, I've done viewings before where the agent has given me an idea that was told to him by the developer on the previous viewing. Wow. So, you know, and because there are so many different ways in which we can do configure projects, um, it may be that, you know, somebody's looking at one way and there is a better way of doing it. Um, so you've also got to remember that the uh, the agents act for the vendor. They don't act yeah, for you. Yeah. 
So they've got no obligation to keep your ideas to themselves. So if you've got an idea that makes a bigger return than anyone else, then of course you're going to be able to afford to pay more to purchase it. So you don't really want the agent to then share that information with anybody else. No, so because um, you'll be yeah it, it, that that doesn't work. So I I can sometimes it's a temptation, particularly when you're new, to want to be able to sound like you know what you're talking about. And but resist that temptation. Is resist what you're that saying. temptation. You can talk generically about a number of different options that that we're thinking of doing. Um, but don't put the put it on the other on the uh, the boot on the other foot by actually being proactively asking them what other people have suggested, what they think would be the best solution, and try and get some information from them. Okay, that's fantastic. So, so finally, what would you say would be your th- top sort of three takeaways when it comes to uh, making yourself look like a really really great buyer? Okay, uh, the first would be to be prepared. So. Be prepared before you start looking for projects or properties. And, and remember that thing, you know, you only get that one chance to make a first impression. So please don't think, do you know what, I'll have a quick wander around the agents and put my name down and then I'll get really serious once I've done that. You're, you're saying get serious before. Get serious first. Get everything lined up. You've already done that first impression. Yeah. Uh, you might be thinking in your head, well, when I've come back home, what I'll do is I'll write it all out and I'll get really focused and this is what I'm going to do. Too late. You've already met the agent. The agent's already sussed out that you don't really know what you're talking about and then you're, you're on the back foot. What if you want to practice that? You actually want to, you know, you've never been into maybe a commercial agent before or a residential agent looking for anything other than your own property. What if people want to practice that? What would you suggest to that? Well, the best thing I, I would suggest is go out of area. There are lots and lots of estate agents around all over the country. Um, you're likely, uh, from a, as whether you're an investor or a developer, you're going to be looking in a specific area. You're very yeah. unlikely to be looking nationwide. So I would suggest hop in the car, um, know what you're going to be doing and, and have it in your head as, as to this is how you're, it's effectively a dry run. Uh, and then go and talk to some agents in a, uh, a, a town that's out of your area. It doesn't um, matter whether you yeah. impress them or not. You're doing this as a little bit exactly. of a Exactly. So if it all goes horribly wrong, then you've not lost anything because there's no relationships that you know, the, 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 you're going to be damaging there because you're not going to yeah, use good them. Idea. You're getting some great practice in. Um, so, yeah, all good. I think the, uh, the second thing I'd say is to prepare a CV. So no matter what your level of experience is, you know, whether you've done loads and loads of projects or you've got loads and loads of properties and you're an old hand, um, or whether you're completely brand new to this, make sure you pull together a CV that just presents yourself in the best light. So again, no blagging. You know, honesty is definitely the best policy. But just remember that whatever you do, you're unlikely, and I would strongly recommend that you don't, do everything your, yourself. So if you're a developer, you're not going to be laying any bricks, you're not going to be designing any houses, you're not going to be signing off yeah. the, the planning. You know, you've got a team of people, many of whom will have decades of experience. Well, those are the people that are on your team by association. Th- that's your CV. That's your CV. So what you're saying yeah. is is you don't blag it yourself. You are the CEO. Yep. You head, you head this development company. Uh, you need your non-exec advisor, your architect, your project manager, your structural engineer, maybe your builder. Exactly. You list all of them out as your CV maybe on your website or if you want to take something in, you put that together as a, as a format and show that's my team. 
And those are the guys that you're going to be working with. Now, yeah. I would absolutely make sure that they are on your team before you have that yeah, conversation. Yeah. So you've don't, got to agree with them, yeah. Don't go through the, you know, just look online and Google them and think, oh, they, they sound good. <laughs> I'll put them on my but, list. You've got, to, you've got to make sure that you've met them uh, and that they're happy to work with you. Uh, and no reason why they shouldn't be because ultimately you're going to be paying their, their fees. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's not blagging it. That's being, you yeah. know, just totally honest that if you get this particular project that you're talking to the agent about, these are the people that are going to do it for me. Exactly. If, if you think one of the uh, analogies that we've used before is about the, um, uh, about the minister uh, who works in government. Oh, government ministers, yeah. yes, yes. And so today he or she happens to be heading up works and pen- work and pensions and then there's a bit of a reshuffle and they then get put in, in charge of you know, um, health, for example, or education. Now, the, they know nothing potentially about that brief. Um, I thought that was just a general statement. <laughs> <laughs> bit, of, bit, bit of political bit of, stuff yeah. going on here. Um, but, of course, they don't need to because their job uh, primarily is not... They haven't been appointed as the health minister because they know the ins and outs of the, uh, the NHS and, uh, and, and you know, that's not their expertise. What they are very good at is heading an organisation that does all those types of things. And this is no, this is no different. You're the CEO and you're going to be using an architect to, do, to design the houses. That is definitely the way that's what happens. That's what yep. you should do. And that architect is likely to have, and that firm is likely to have decades of experience and have built lots of projects locally. So it will be known. And the same for any other one of your professional teams. So that's what you should be leveraging. Again, not misrepresenting anything, but again, you, you, you don't need to. The minister going in doesn't get asked about what they know about health. Um, they have a team of people beneath them that know no, all no. there is to know. Okay, that's preparing your CV. You've got a sort of third point that you think out of this to sum up? Yeah, I think uh, keeping in touch. I mean, property is a people business and certainly, you know, finding deals and getting deals across the line is very much, you know, relies on personal relationships. So uh, make sure that you don't kind of think of, particularly your relationship with estate agents as being a one a one-trick pony. It's not that you, you've registered and now you're, you're kind of gold and that's it. Um, you've got to, it's, it's a relationship that you've got to invest in. So um, they will remember you, not from your first visit, unless you wear something spectacular. Yeah, flip-flops. Um, <laughs> oh, just. <laughs> um, they're going to be remembering you because you're the person that um, pops by every few weeks or rings them up every few weeks or occasionally offers them a cup of coffee. Um and has got, you know, that you've impressed them first time out of the box when they met you. Uh, you've got a, a, you've got a team of people that is, is with it on, you know, your side of the fence, which which looks good. Your CV looks great. That those touch points are gonna gonna make you memorable. And of yeah. course, when the deal comes up, it will be ah, that's um, well, Richie's. This is exactly the sort of thing that that Richie guy was was interested in. And that's how you can start to get though the make get the benefit from those relationships. So, so really keep in touch with them. So, keep so in important. touch, absolutely. Excellent, Ian. That's, uh, that's fantastic as always. So thanks very much for that. Well, that's all we've got time for in this episode. But please join us again next time when we'll be giving you the inside track on another part of the property world. In the meantime, feel free to check out our other episodes and you can visit our website, which is at propertyceo.co.uk. But until next time, it's goodbye from us both. Goodbye.